0: beach thanks to the boardwalk plaza for being the bridge podcast network sponsor story jumpers welcome to another episode of your favorite storytelling podcast are you ready to hear a great story of course that's why you're a story jumper the whole town is talking about what's buried beneath the playground Windy Bottom, Georgia is usually a peaceful place. Coop helps his mom at her cafe and bookstore, hangs out with his grandpa, bikes around with his friends, justice, and liberty, and is determined to live up to his dad's legacy. Windy Bottom is full of all kinds of interesting people, but no one has ever caused a problem. Until now. And somehow... Gramps is taking all the blame. It seems like there are a lot of secrets that were buried in their small town after all. Will Coop and his friends get to the bottom of the mystery and clear Grandpa's name before it's too late? Enjoy this reading of Coop Knows the Scoop by Taryn Souter. Chapter One
1: when the Windy Bottom Town Council voted to tear down the old playground and build a new one, no one ever imagined what lay buried beneath the rusted slide. The morning the human bones turned up and the news started flying around town, I was up to my ball cap in dirty coffee cups. My best friend, Justice, burst through the screened back door of a latte books. He slipped through spilled water on the floor and slid to a stop, clutching the counter. Dang it, Coop, you beat us here again. I set a wet mug on the drying rack. Figured if we finished our chores early, we could check out the grave. I'm dying to see the skeleton. Whole town's talking about it. Just as puffed out a breath of air. Heard the police are there now. Strangers think Jess and me are twins, because we're both cursed with messy red hair and a truckload of freckles, not to mention we're both 13. But his real twin is his sister, Liberty, even though she looks nothing like him, being a blonde and, well, a girl. Liberty sauntered in, joining Justice and me in the kitchen. She slouched against the counter and tossed her baseball from hand to hand. Baseball was to Liberty like oxygen was to the rest of us. That dumb old skeleton is all people have on their brains this morning. You're just mad the police won't let you on the baseball field. Justice said. Liberty spit into the trash can. She was a southern belle, minus the belle part. She also ran faster and slugged harder than anyone else in Windy Bottom. It's probably just some soldier left over from the Civil War. Justice tied on an apron and grabbed a tub filled with dirty dishes. Nuh-uh. Dad said there wasn't hardly any war fought in this part of Georgia. Liberty rolled her eyes. That doesn't mean there was nothing. Maybe he crawled home to die. Come on, Lib, I said, tossing her an apron. We all got kitchen duty, not just Justice and me. I've never seen a skeleton before, Justice said. The one hanging in groups class don't count. Doesn't count, Liberty corrected. Ignoring his glare, she stood straight and shoved her baseball into her apron pocket. And it's too late. No one can get within a hundred feet of the playground, she frowned. Or the baseball fields. The police already cordoned off the whole area. Justice sighed. Does cordon start with a K or a C? C, Liberty and I answered together. Justice muttered and reached for his now dog-eared pocket dictionary. Liberty threw out vocabulary the same way she threw a fastball, smooth and unstoppable. Three years ago, Justice started carrying a dictionary in his back pocket after an unfortunate misunderstanding of the word rendezvous left him locked in the women's bathroom of the Piggly Wiggly for two hours. I thought Just was destined to spend his life one step behind in every conversation on account of him having to look up words so often. But Gramps said Just may well pass us all with his vocabulary one day. According to Gramps, life is a journey— and what we are now is not necessarily what we will be. Just sighed. Well, at least we could see what the police are doing. Take some pictures, maybe? Mama poked her head through the kitchen door and smiled at the twins. Hi, Juss. Lib, do y'all mind watching the counter for a while? The coffee delivery came in along with a bunch of book orders. Your folks and I need to run inventory. A couple years ago... Liberty and Justice's folks, Mr. and Mrs. Gordon, owned the used bookstore next door. They must have tired out their imaginations given their kids creative names because their store had just been called used books. But then that all changed. The inside wall between Mama's coffee shop and their bookstore had been demolished and A Latte Books, Wendy Bottoms' first and only bookstore cafe, with new books, not just used ones was where Lib, Juss, and I spent our summers. Us kids got stuck washing dishes, shelving books, or whatever else needed doing. Just rubbed the back of his neck. Actually, ma'am, we were just about to go to the... I kicked him. Mama raised her eyebrows and stepped inside, letting the swinging door flop back and forth behind her. Cooper Goodman. She poked me with her clipboard. You're up to something. And if you think that something happens to involve the skeleton at the playground, then you've got another thing coming. The store is brimming over with people, and I need your help. Where was Gramps when I needed him? He would have let us go. In fact, I reckon he would have even given us a ride to the playground. He might be a stickler for the rules, but he had his mischievous side too. The bell dinged at the coffee counter. Mama glanced out the small rectangular window that was set in the kitchen door. It's Merriweather and Ruth. Checking the time on her watch, she sighed. I have to go. She turned to leave, but stopped and nodded at the two sisters standing at the counter. Don't forget you'll need to bring them their order. Lord knows we don't want them trying to carry their coffee again. Not after yesterday's fiasco. Yes, ma'am. Gramps will be in later on to help. But right now, Sugar, I need you not distracted by talk of a skeleton. She patted my cheek. Ma, I whispered. Sugar's a wimpy name, and I told her a million times. Lib snorted. Mama smiled. I'm sorry. And Coop? Mama put her hand on her hip and shook her finger. Stay here. The police don't need anyone underfoot. My shoulders sagged. I promise. Chapter Two Liberty and Justice followed me through the swinging kitchen door to the front where whitewashed brick walls, overloaded bookcases, and hardwood floors the color of roasted coffee beans greeted us. One perk of being the only bookstore cafe in Windy Bottom was everyone came there to talk and drink. Then talk some more. Then a little bit more. Plus... Owing to the fact that a dead body just got itself uncovered, the place was full of people needing to caffeinate their shock back down to acceptable levels of chit-chat. If I couldn't go near the site, the next best place to gather information was a latte books eavesdropping on Ruth and Meriwether Feather, who were waiting for their coffee at the counter. Their skills in gathering and spreading gossip were unsurpassed in Tipton County. If you ever wanted news to travel fast, you just had to give it to the Feather Sisters and make it sound like a secret. They couldn't keep their mouth shut even if their lips were hogtied. The Feather Sisters were teachers and had taught everyone in Windy Bottom for the past hundred years, or close to it. Between the two of them, they knew the history of the whole town. They had retired from teaching a few years back due to illness illness said they were sick of the school, and the school was sick of them. Just told me he was pretty sure he suffered from the same disease. Look at those two. Liberty nudged me and gestured with her head toward Miss Ruth and Miss Merriweather. They look like a pair of jays with their chittering and chattering. Both wore hats with a sprout of blue feathers on the side, reminding me that today was Thursday. They'd assigned a different color feather for each day of the week. I whispered to Justice, How about you and Lib wipe down tables? Try to listen in on people's conversations. Bet you they're talking about that skeleton. I rubbed my hands down the front of my jeans to dry any dishwater from them and walked to where the Feather Sisters leaned against the counter. The usual, ladies? Miss Ruth smiled. Does a hound dog hunt? I mustered up the most charm possible for any 13-year-old boy stuck behind a counter serving coffee when a perfectly good skeleton lay in a shallow grave just a couple miles over. I like the blue feather, Miss Ruth. Is that a different shade from last Thursday's? She adjusted the tilt of her hat. Sure is. Only she said it like, sure is. Miss Ruth had a low, sing-songy voice that could have relaxed the curls on her head if Burma from the Cut and Curl hadn't wrapped the rods so tight during her last perm. Liberty's words, not mine. And you should see the fine-looking orange color we've got picked out for Tuesday. Downright cheerful. The last one was becoming disrespectfully shabby. Oh, muzzle it, Ruth. Miss Merriweather didn't bother looking up. She didn't have to in order for me to know she was scowling. She always was. Miss Ruth constantly smiled and had mischievous eyes, but Miss Merriweather had scowl gutters that ran deep, making her face look like that picture of Winston Churchill that hung in the library, which was pretty unnerving, considering she wasn't a man. The feather wasn't shabby. It was acceptable. Mama said some people ease their way into a cranky lifestyle, but not Miss Merriweather. She cannonballed right into a swamp of cantankerousness and has been treading the murky water ever since. Besides, Cooper doesn't want to hear you gab on about colors, you silly old crow. It's just Coop, Miss Merriweather, ma'am, I said. The er is silent, remember? Miss Merriweather peered over the counter and watched as I poured coffee into the teacups in front of me. She had an intense dislike of mugs, thought they were uncouth, said one could slurp mud from a teacup and be more refined than being seen drinking coffee out of a mug. Her beady eyes bored holes through my head. Do you remember I don't want any of that artificial sweetener junk? Yes, ma'am. I like the fake stuff said Miss Ruth with a grin. And I liked Miss Ruth. She was like the grandma I never had. None of that garbage for you, sister. It's not good for you. And where's your sweater? You'll catch a chill. It's 88 degrees outside, Merriweather. I declare, you could start an argument in an empty house. Miss Ruth winked at me. Don't be such a sourpuss. Miss Merriweather made a sound like she was sucking her teeth and muttered something about cold air conditioning and catching the flu. I rang them up on the cash register. I'll bring y'all's drinks to you. Still sitting next to biographies, I said, placing their coffee-filled teacups on a tray. Miss Ruth nodded and patted my hand. Such a honeybee. Another wimpy name. At least Gramps never called me anything embarrassing. I took my time adding napkins, sugar packets, and creamers to the tray in order to give them a head start. Then, I navigated my way through a maze of narrow aisles created by the floor-to-ceiling bookshelves to get to biographies where Miss Merriweather and Miss Ruth sat in overstuffed armchairs waiting for their coffee. I set the tray on the side table wedged between their chairs and then played my hand. So, I've been in the kitchen all morning. Anything new in town? Miss Meriwether gawked. Cooper Goodman, do you mean to tell me you haven't heard? Excuse me, ma'am, but the err is... Miss Ruth pulled on my arm. They found a body at the old playground. A skeleton. I didn't pump my fist, but I wanted to. Here it was. The good, the bad, and the gossip. I heard, she whispered. From Miss Millie, who overheard Suds tell Wendell that one of the construction workers told him that she paused dramatically and looked around before continuing. The skeleton was wearing a dress. Miss Merriweather's teacup rattled in its saucer. It's a girl skeleton? I wondered if Justice and Liberty had heard that tidbit yet. Like Justice, I'd never seen a real skeleton, much less one in a dress. The one in Miss Group's class was made of plastic. We called it Dead Fred, and the closest it ever came to having a wardrobe was at Christmas time when Miss Group plopped a Santa hat on its bony skull. I squatted down eye level with them. Any idea who it was? Miss Ruth shook her head. No one's been murdered here for quite some time. The eyeglasses perched on the tip of Miss Merriweather's nose fell off. Mother of Abraham Lincoln, who said anything about murder, Ruth? She huffed. The playground's probably just an old family burial site. She shook her head and scowled. Such nonsense. Miss Ruth patted my hand. Don't you be worried about getting yourself murdered too, Coop, dear. She took a sip of coffee. I'm sure we're all safe. I returned to the counter and motioned Liberty and Justice to meet me. I told them about the dress. Justice nudged Liberty. See? Told ya. You ever heard of a Civil War soldier wearing a dress? I sure ain't. She rammed her hand into her apron pocket, pulled out her baseball, and considered the question. Dresses were to Liberty like Brussels sprouts were to most of humanity. The God-fearing portion, at least. More likely to find a soldier wearing a dress than me.
0: A skeleton hidden in a playground? That is creepy. This mystery is like a cross between Scooby-Doo and Huckleberry Finn. I'm joined by the author, Taryn Suiters. Hey, Taryn, how are you?
2: I'm doing well. How are you doing?
0: I am great, but you've got to help me out here. Is this going to be a scary story or a fun adventure?
2: Well, I hope it's almost a combination of of both. There's definitely going to be some fun in there. I love humor, and everything that I write has a a strong humorous side to it. But you can't have a a crime like this and not be on the edge of your seat a little bit, I hope.
0: Yeah, I, I can tell you that I am excited to find out who the skeleton is, who it belonged to, and how it got there. I can't even imagine. I know that they hinted at some ideas already, but I mean, I would be so creeped out. It's the talk of the town, right? And I think around here, that would be the same case.
2: Oh, absolutely. It is definitely the talk of the town. I mean, this is a small town uh, in, in Georgia where uh, this is not a normal occurrence. And so absolutely, this is going to be at the top of everyone's mind. And everyone is really curious, you know, who was this person and how did they get up there? And, and like, ew, why the playground? Like, what, right. a, what a creepy place to put a skeleton or uh, at that point, probably a body, right?
0: Right. Yeah, really creepy. So who were some of your favorite authors when you were a kid? Who did you like to read?
2: Well, I I loved mysteries. And so I read, of course, all Frank Dixon. He did the Hardy Boys and Carolyn Keene with Nancy Drew. But I also loved, um, as I got older, uh, like in middle school and high school, Ellis Peters, um, Dorothy L. Sayers, Sir Arthur Conan Doyle, obviously all these famous Mm -hmm. mystery writers. But I also liked realistic fiction writers. So Um, Gary Schmidt even to this day is one of my favorite authors and so is um, Sheila Turnage and she did a fun Southern mystery series that is called uh, the first one in the series is called three times lucky. I think the whole series is called Moe and Dale or something like that, but it's a great series and I, I really, really like her writing.
0: Very cool. Yeah. That's a lot of good ones for story jumpers to check out.
2: Absolutely.
0: Now, now Coop and his friends, they have really thick Southern accents. So I've got to ask, what are some of your favorite southern sayings?
2: Okay, so I am from Texas originally and then I have lived mostly in the south for for all of my life. Um I had a, a brief stint uh in Ohio and in Colorado, but so our Texan sayings can be a little different from like let's say a deep south southern saying. So mine are usually this weird mixture of both. Um I like um Oh, gosh, she's so stuck up, she drowned in a rainstorm, you know, to to describe someone who maybe always has their nose in the air or something like that. Um, You can be as nervous as a cat in a room full of rocking chairs, Um, (laughs) which I like that. And then we also have cats, so it makes sense to me. Uh, And then there is one that I use in Coop that I kind of just made up to have a spin on a, on a cliche because I didn't want to use a cliche in my writing uh, to describe someone who's maybe a, a little nuts to say that she's um, she's a few rocking chairs short of a front porch. Because in the <laughs> South, we have rocking chairs on our front porches. So that sure. that's hopefully means you're a little nuts.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, I can appreciate those things. Those are all great for sure.
2: And of course, you have to say y'all in the South. Y'all is just... Nice. And you know that's you all, and then there's all y'all, and and yep. there's we just kind of it's just how we talk, and it's fun. Right.
0: <laughs> it is fun, and and if you're in the south, then you you'll keep up right away. If you're not, it's pretty <laughs> easy to pick up and join us. So
2: absolutely, so, okay. it's, I find a very relaxing dialect to listen to.
0: It is, it is, and and the narration on this audio book was really good. I really enjoyed it. It very much felt real and authentic. Like I was right there with Coop and his friends. So speaking of which, Liberty and Justice, Mm -hmm. they are Coop's best friends. Yes. What characteristics do they have that you admire or look for in a friend?
2: They each come with their own special uh, personality and and characteristics. That is for sure. One of the things that I admire about Liberty is is she has a lot of common sense. Um, she has a very strong sense of right and wrong and a a sense of, of justice, even though her, her name is Liberty. Um, and, and she is always willing to support Coop and, you know, kind of, all right, let's do this. Um, justice is, he's our comic relief in the story, uh, but he is full of heart and he's very supportive of, of his friend Cooper. Um, he is a twin. His twin sister is Liberty. That's why they have their names Liberty and Justice. Hmm. And um, they're just, you know, they're both hard working. They, um, they care about each other. They care about their town. They are, they're respectful to the adults around them. Uh, another kind of characteristic in the South with Kids sometimes, sadly, it's less and less. But it used to be. It was yes, ma'am. No, ma'am. Yes sir, no, sir. And you just kind of used those titles when you were talking to an adult. And Justice and Liberty um, do that, so they're very respectful. So if you know if my kids were looking to to build some friendships, I would see those characteristics in Liberty and Justice and be like, go make friends with them.
0: <laughs> yeah, they sound like good friends for sure. Yeah, I just hope. Trying to hunt down whoever stuck this skeleton in the in the uh, in the playground doesn't cause these kids to get into a bunch of trouble.
2: Yeah, well, trouble seems to follow these kids. That's for sure. Uh, you know, when when you have this goal of trying to solve a murder, sometimes what you might think is a good, smart decision isn't always the best decision you could have made and and there's definitely some adventures and mishaps that that these kids get into
0: so now windy bottom georgia that's the name of the town that they all live in grew up in and we've seen a few shops so far and and a little bit of um you know a little bit of the layout of the land this sounds like the kind of town i would love to visit (laughs) please tell me windy bottom georgia is a real place Oh,
2: I wish it was. I would love to have grown up in, in Windy Bottom. It's definitely one of those places where everyone knows everyone and you know each other's business, but it's not a real place. It, it is based off of a uh, very loosely based off of a real place though. So um, one of the places that I've lived in is Denton, Texas, and they have an amazing town square that I have pictures of that I um, will hang up in my office when I'm writing stories because I just love this town square. It's very historic. It's it's just filled with antique shops and ice cream shops and, and bookstores. And it's got such character. Um, it's from like the 1800s. And so whenever I'm writing a story that s- takes place in a small town... Um, This is what I'm picturing. And so mm-hmm. I actually have a notebook that I keep with me um, and it has pictures of Denton in there and I'll flip through and, and just, just to get some ideas for it. So it's not, Windy Bottom is not a real town, but it's based on one.
0: Mm-hmm. That makes good sense. Now, without ruining the ending for story jumpers, how will Coop and his friends help figure out this skeleton story? I mean, like, what other problems are they going to face along the way?
2: Well, they're definitely going to face some problems. And we have another character that we have not yet met, but your readers will. Um, and his name is Bo. His real name is Beauregard Knapp, but he goes by Bo. And he is a thorn in Coop's side. And you're hmm. gonna you're going to meet him, and you're going to find out kind of why he and Coop don't get on so well. But something happens where they are all forced together. So they're going to have to learn not only how to get along or at least tolerate each other. But now they also still have to solve this mystery of of the skeleton. And then some other things happen with, with members of Coop's family that come as a real shock to Coop. And he doesn't really know how to deal with that. Um, There's things he's going to have to learn how to work through relationships, how to deal with trust how to deal with betrayal, and what happens when you've been lied to by someone who you love and respect, and what does that mean for your relationship? And, and when they do figure out who this skeleton was, the whole town is in a complete uproar, because supposedly they left on their own 40 years ago, and they packed Ooh. a bag, they left a note, everything, and obviously that's not what happened. So something went horribly wrong.
0: Oh and my
2: yeah, it's gonna be a fun read.
0: It sounds like it. It definitely sounds like it. Now, I heard something interesting and quite unique (laughs) about you and your husband.
2: Yeah. So um, I have twins in my story, uh, Liberty and Justice. And um, I have twins in my story because I'm a twin and I have a twin sister, but I'm also married to a twin. So that's pretty cool. My husband, David, also has a twin sister. So We are twins who marry twins. Wow.
0: Okay. Did you and your sister ever swap out? Like, (laughs) I don't like science. You take my science class. I'm going to your English class.
2: Oh, man, I wish because I'm horrible at science, and um, that would have been nice. But we're not identical. So we did try. I will admit that we did try it once in fifth grade. But I have long red hair. She had, at that point, long blonde hair, and it was pretty obvious. (laughs) And so our our teachers were like, y'all go to the right class. And so we're like, well, we tried.
0: That's great. Yeah. Well, listen, um, the story jumpers that hear this introduction to the book and they want to run out and grab it, it's certainly available from your website. But I was digging around and I found a really cool activity kit there. And it's all about Coop and his world and things that happen in, in Windy Bottom. And so so what can you tell us about that activity kit that you think the kids will really enjoy?
2: I think there are so many really cool things you can do with that activity kit. Um, again, this takes place in the South. And so some of these activities really try to throw you into Southern culture. If you're not familiar with Southern culture, one of the big ones, anything South of that Mason Dixon line is we are drinkers of sweet tea. And so yes. <laughs> I mean, like, you don't even ask for unsweet tea in the South. That's just wrong. And so one of the things you can do with this activity kit is there's a recipe for how to make yourself some Southern sweet tea. You can, um, there's some games. One of the things with solving crimes is not only do witnesses have to kind of rely on their memory and, and what they saw, what they heard, but the police officers and the detectives, they have to go by their memory as well. And so one of the things you can do is make your own memory game based on the characters from Coop Knows the Scoop. And you can make cool. other games as well. So it's it, there's a lot of fun activities there. So definitely check it out.
0: Yeah, it looked like a lot of fun to me. And I can't wait to listen to the rest of the story. I'm really looking forward to it. You've, you've painted a picture of a beautiful little Southern town that has just been thrown into turmoil. And I want to go along with Coop and get them out of it. I want to find out how, how this is going to be wrapped up
2: so, awesome. thanks so much. Oh, well, thank you so much for having me. This has been a lot of fun.
0: Well, we appreciate it. And if, if we can get you back on for some future stories, would you be happy to join us?
2: Oh, absolutely.
0: Cool. Well, thank you so much for talking with the story jumpers today. We'll talk to you soon, Taryn.
2: All right, y'all have a great day.
0: Parents, you will love Coop Knows the Scoop if you're looking for mystery books for kids ages 9 to 12, heartfelt and quirky stories for young readers, kids' detective books, and fifth grade mystery books. Taryn never planned to be a writer. She was a middle school math teacher for a couple of years, but being a voracious reader as a kid gave her a love for words, and working with middle schoolers gave her a sense of humor. It seemed like a good idea to combine the two, words and humor, and voila, her first book was born. Truthfully, the first book was a fluke. She sat down to write a poem about Moses and ended up writing a fraction book about a cow who knew? It worked so well the first time she continued to try writing poetry and has ended up with a book each time. Okay, not really, but she does enjoy the writing process so much that she kept with it and has enjoyed success along the way. Learn more about her books and get a free activity kit for Coop Knows the Scoop when you visit her website at TarynSuiters.com.